Hello and welcome to The Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey folks, I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we speak with Maya, who's an expert on blockchain and refi and a PhD student at UCSB working on a dissertation all about those topics. And she's also deeply involved with the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation. That was an incredible episode, Cash. I loved what she had to share. Yeah, Maya was really able to unpack refi in a way that uh, you know got really granular, but also had some really you know big picture concepts and really was able to kind of address a lot of the different points that refi is addressing from social justice to climate change to you know um, bringing more women into the the movement as well. It's just really inspiring to talk to her. Yeah, I agree with with that, and I think one thing that she nailed was explaining how regenerative finance actually is making a difference in from the status quo of what of how climate action and social justice have worked before what are the unique aspects of refi blockchain web3 these new tools and technologies what is it about them specifically that gives us an advantage and actually is 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 better suited to address some of these problems when it comes to like you know coordination at a mass scale and it comes to you know transparency of distributed ledgers that everyone can see and it comes to um removing intermediaries from a lot of these these systems and and you know coming back onto an even you know higher level is is addressing the systematic systematic um challenges and in this like the failures of these infrastructure that we have to really, you know, give us the tools we need to address these big problems. And so I love that she's such a big thinker. Yeah. She gave us a great concept to noodle on to of uh global, the global and the local mixed. Yeah. It's the, you know, think global, act local. So just call it global. So take the green pill and then act global with Maya. Let's do it. Hi, Maya. Thank you for coming on the Block Explorer podcast today. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So on the Block Explorer today, we want to discuss a few topics, three main sections of the podcast. We want to talk about you and your background because it's pretty unique. And I want to, we want to explore how you found your way into the Web3 crypto rabbit hole and then especially into this um, refi kind of niche. And then we want to talk about the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation, which is a great organization. And we want to share what they're up to, their mission, and, and your work with them. And then you, you have, as I think, another update you want to share, something about the forum. And then you're, you're also you know, doing some work in refi. You um, do research and you speak. So we want to hear about you know, your, your work um, when it comes to that. So does that sound good? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So let's start a little bit with some background. So, you know, what what did you do before you got into um, this kind of space in blockchain, and what kind of got you to this to this position now? Oh yeah, well, I'll try to keep it short, but um, I feel like to like fully understand how I got passionate about it, I have to sort of start a little bit from the beginning. 
Um, I'm from Moscow, Russia, and I feel like growing up in Russia, you know, early on, I saw, you know, how the oppressive systems can affect people's livelihoods, how so many people, you know, including a lot of people in Russia live under, you know, on, on, on democratic uh, political systems. And just, I don't know, I just grew up feeling like I want to build a more fair and just world. And I've been always passionate about, okay, to understand how the world works, like what, what can we do to make it more democratic for everyone, allow more access. So, um, and I also have always been passionate about, you know, the global world, no borders and moved to the U.S. to pursue college um, on the East Coast and studied international studies and economics because I've always, you know, been curious about big things. Okay, what what is global political economy? How does that affect, um, you know, democratic system? What can we do to actually achieve social change? And then um, after that, I spent some time working at the UN and also a little bit at this um, nonprofit called Global Citizen. And essentially, you know, my my early career was all about social change, um, diplomacy, how, yeah, how to, I mean, it sounds kind of naive, but I've been driven by this idea how to make the world, this world a better place for all. And um, so maybe a little bit too naive, but, you know, and I feel like I'm getting more skeptical now, but still, you know, trying to stay optimistic. And then, um, you know, uh, while um, being a global citizen, I was like, you know what, I'm still so curious about learning more and more because um, I, I love research. And I decided to go to grad school. And um, here I am now in Santa Barbara. I started a PhD at UC Santa Barbara in the um, Department of Global Studies that doesn't very it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with crypto, right? <laughs> and I mean, to be honest, back then, um, almost five years ago, I actually didn't know much about crypto or at all. And then actually, while being here, I started going to, I started hearing about Bitcoin and, you know, some like people chit-chatting about, it's going to go up, you know, how I feel like that's like a, a Bitcoin is an on-ramp for so many people to get into Web3. And I was like, I don't really care about finance. I'm actually pretty, in fact, pretty bad at finance. I kind of, you know, hate things like personal finance. Anyways, side note. Um, but then I started going to um, the UCSB Blockchain Club and uh, learning how besides Bitcoin, there's, you know, this whole thing, that the technology itself, the blockchain technology. And, um, you know, I was fascinated by this idea of, you know, it being censorship resistant. And um, so kind of, yeah, started diving deeper in this rabbit hole, Colin, that you mentioned and learning more. And the, the, um, a few years ago, uh, the club, um, Blockchain Club at UCSB even hosted a blockchain summit at the university, which was awesome. We actually got some speakers from big um, companies in the space, like Consensus. And I was just fascinated. I was hooked. I was curious about, you know, blockchain application beyond finance and its potential for the social change that I was so driven about before, you know, while being at the UN. And I realized, wow, what if I actually look at the intersection of the technology and, um, you know, social change? And then beyond that, you know, within the kind of bigger social change framework, uh, you know, big global problem that we are all um, witnessing and experiencing, you know, to, to different extents, depending on where you are geographically, is, is climate change. And that's when um, I started learning about, you know, web potential 
for climate action. And early on, it was kind of, you know, it felt weird because uh, when I told my, you know, professors at the university like three-ish years ago or so that that's what I wanted to pursue as my PhD research, I I faced a lot of criticism and kind of skepticism, you know, oh, like, isn't this a Ponzi scheme? And, you know, the FDX, you know, events don't help <laughs> even to this day. And, but anyways, now with the whole refi movement emerging, I finally feel that I'm, I, I'm, I, I found my little, you know, niche area that's actually becoming not so little, right? And it's growing. So anyways, that was a long story of how I got where I am. So I also being like a non-technical person in the space, um, also felt kind of isolated. I felt like I'm not good enough. I don't get it. Like I'm not a computer scientist. What am I doing here? But actually now it's encouraging to see so many more people talking about the importance of bringing policy people, you know, politics, uh, like so, uh, sociologists in the space, right? Because it actually affects so many people. Like, techno- like pe- technology exists for people to use it, not just for like coding it and just like sticking to your like little hacker circle. Anyways. Um, yeah. Well, I love, that, I love <laughs> that you're pulling on the, the non-financial applications of blockchain technology. And I think it's so important um, to talk about that because so many people do just associate it with, you know, pump and dump Ponzi, you know, coin schemes. So it's it's really cool to see that the refi movement drew you in. Um, so we always like to, you know, ask our guests, you know, what does refi you know mean to you? Or how would you describe refi to someone that's just coming into the space? Yeah, yeah. I love this question too, right? Because I feel like, because it's so new, so many people, I feel like have different responses. I would say, um, I see it as two things. First, like a more... Um, um, kind of philosophical um, is a space for socio-technical experimentation and also kind of like a place of collective empowerment that leverages Web3 tools like you know blockchain technology mainly uh, for climate action, right? So it's this space where people come together from all backgrounds, from technical and non-technical climate scientists, uh, social justice activists, coders, right? Um, investors, and do this socio-technical experiment, right? Of how can we leverage this decentralized distributed network uh, to address these massive challenges we're facing in the climate struggle, but also with the emphasis on climate justice as well. And um, secondly, I see ReFi more and more so as a movement, right? As this like new movement in the Web3 space, right? Again, that um, unites all these people from different backgrounds. Um, uh, with my hope that I feel like the like the hardcore refi, and I hope it stays that way, right? It's like this movement to reshape the system, right? To not actually fall victim and sort of like, okay, let's just like find how to like make money on this new cool trend in Web3, but actually how do we restructure the system, right? How how do we recognize the existing like structural inequalities that exist? Like, you know, the messed up, legacy of colonialism, right? That like led us to have this artificial like global south, global, global north divide, which you know is an imaginary if you think about it. Um but anyways, right and but uh, but the if, if the division is imagined, but the inequalities are real, right? And people in the global south do um you know experience the um effects of climate change uh, much more severely than here we, we in the you know wealthy US. So anyway, so m- my hope and what I'm seeing, what's 
given me like uh, enthusiasm in refi that that's this movement of people actually that largely engages a lot of people who have been historically oppressed right or silenced or so um and i don't i get like i said i don't like the term global south but like that's what we use but anyway so so um people from the global south right people from the uh the developing world that that people that have been left behind are coming into the space uh, and building this movement to reshape it, right? To make it more fair, uh, to uh, you know, make sure there is equal and equitable, equitable um, sh- uh, burden sharing when it comes to the effects of climate change, and also like ownership over resources broadly, right? Because like I feel like Refi mostly focuses right on climate, but I, I see people talk more broadly, you know, about it because like climate change is also a social justice issue too broadly, right? So if we actually make the system, um, the global social system more fair, arguably we're, it will also, you know, uh, will reduce, you know, the impacts of climate change as well. So that's how I see the space. And I really hope that it's going to continue in this um, kind of more revolutionary direction of like restructuring um, the, the structures that, um, that, uh, that have been, you know, established for decades now, you know, Anyway, so that's how I see the space. And that's why I find it so exciting to research it. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that's a great um, explanation. You hit on a lot of different aspects of what refi means to a lot of different people. And I really like the point that you stressed about the structural updates and just the re- rethinking and reorganizing of, of these systems, right? Because the systems that we've been using now um, up to this point, you know, they got us here, but really, you know, they're not really working anymore. Um, and we can look around and you can see that all around. So how, you know, we, we can, you know, we can stay on the same course and get the same result, or we can make an adjustment. Right. And I think refi is, is a lot of also like strategically thinking about, you know, what, what is not working well and then how can we use this new technology and leverage it in a way that creates, um, the kind of sweeping changes that we need to actually, you know, turn this um, climate situation around. You know, it's it's and and one of the things that a lot of people think, you know, stress that we've talked to is we can't really wait for governments um, to get it done. Um, we need to get ready to be able to do this and deploy these tools ourselves. And that's what's cool about the you know these blockchain tools and the internet is that we can coordinate with people all around the world around the, these common goals and, and these distributed networks allow us to do that. Totally. And also, you know, I feel like there's a lot of focus fairly so on like the specific technological tools, but I actually, what I, and, and it's very important, but I, what I also really like about the space is that um, from like narrative building and even just like ideation, like co-ideation with the community, I think is so valuable how, uh, you know, tech tools aside, I think it's so cool that in refi space has this kind of like open forum for, for people from all different backgrounds, different experiences come together and actually re-envision the future, right? How do we want our future to be, right? Our world to be, our communities to be. And I think this sort of like people owned and co-created um, narrative is so valuable, right? Because I feel like oftentimes it's been imposed by power, existing power structures so taking that you know power back and giving it to the the community is 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 great and obviously we need tech tools for that that blockchain provides. 
Yeah, and, and I love that you you know mentioned the social justice aspect of the environmental movement as well. And you know, part of that could be likened to you know feminism and and you know deconstruction of the patriarchy. Uh, and I also want to just uh, talk about the Shifi movement that you're involved with, uh, and just you know have you tell our listeners a little bit more about um, what you're doing with that. Oh yeah, thanks so much for bringing it up. I um, I really wanted to make sure I give them the shout out. Shifi is such an awesome group of powerful women and non-binary folks who um, just, you know, spread education of blockchain to the, you know, historically communities that uh, were not involved in, you know, specifically, you know, tech industries as much. And I mean, there's still a big problem with diversity, including, you know, Web3 as well. But it's cool to see so many organizations like Shifi tackling that. So yeah, I highly recommend anyone who wants to feel empowered, have a learning community and who is identifies as a female um, to uh, join the next cohort of Shifi. So it's, it's essentially like an educational community. Every week they cover different topics, you know, that are relevant to crypto, you know, starting from the basics all the way to kind of more advanced things, okay, like roll-ups on, you know, uh, uh, L2s and, you know, NFTs and so on and so forth. And it's besides the learning aspect, it's all, again, Web3 is all about community, right? And they host a lot of side events, a lot of in-person events at different conferences as well. So I I really respect their work and I'm proud to be part of it. So definitely shout out to Shifai. Highly recommend more. We need more women in the space. <laughs> yes, right on. We agree with that. And uh Thank you for shouting them out. We'll definitely include uh, links to um, Shifi in the show notes for this episode. So speaking of community, um, community building, like you said, is a very important part of what we're up to here in Web3. You know, there's, uh, these networks are made of people, right? It's all people all the way, all the way at the bottom. Um, so you are involved with the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation, BAF. And so what exactly is that? And, um, you know, why why should our listeners care about what the Blockchain Acceleration Foundation does? Yes. Okay. Time for another shout out. <laughs> um, actually, um, interesting story. Uh, BAF. Oh, I don't know. People like to either call it BAF, but I just like to call it like BAF. Um, was actually founded by uh, the guys who ran uh, UCSB Blockchain Club. So I actually knew them from the, you know, the university club times. Um, Cameron, PG, and others are um, awesome people who were early in the space. And what they realized is that there is lack of education on blockchain, which still exists, right? Huge gap, but specifically on academic level as well. So what they created is this Organized nonprofit organization that unites a bunch of university clubs that focus on blockchain and helps with you know providing them resources, sourcing speakers, organizing educational events, as well as actually launching accredited courses. So um, BAF actually helped out uh, with um, creating um, UCSB Extension School course on blockchain, and actually I was um, lucky enough to to teach it last uh, summer. Actually, kind of like first intro course into blockchain at UCSB and that was cool and they do that you know across the uh, US and actually internationally too a little a bit um I highly actually you should have someone 
from like early days of a bath um, on the show, maybe Cameron who can actually talk more about his journey. Cause it's like really cool how he like he couch surfed around the U S like, you know, early on when no one believed in blockchain and was like, no, we need to do this. And here we are with this organization. And um, yeah, so it grew out of our uh, club at UCSB. Now it's a, you know, big nonprofit. And um, my role in it is, you know, I have my five cents that I add to it. You know, I've, I've always followed their work, but then recently, especially as I got into refi, um, you know, and I saw that Bath is doing a lot of like workshops on like how to build on Polygon and uh, all the like the technical things, right? And like fi- and focus largely on, again, like financial applications of Web3 in their educational work. And I was like, guys, we got to add more social impact staff. And they're like, great, Maya, like, coming over, you know, do, go ahead. So I started like their little, like their impact series, what I, um, I called in with, with another guy uh, who named it Beacon of Hope. And anyway, so essentially we'll launch like a series of educational events that focus specifically on social justice and um, climate action in Web3. So that's sort of like what I do with Bath, like have speakers, we host um, like Twitter space events for, you know, mostly a bunch of like, uh, university students and whoever is interested. And again, largely ed- education focused. I'd actually be curious, can you, you have some examples of some of the um, impact projects that you've highlighted through your, your project? Totally. Yeah. So uh, I've hosted an event with um, the first one was with Region Network. Um, and that, and region is, you know, the first, um, car, like web three marketplace for carbon credits. And they're kind of the first like builders in in the like refi space. Um, I had EcoSapiens and they are lo- launching, um, a carbon backed NFT project soon. So I was curious to, to, to chat with the founder on, um, about like the role of NFTs in climate, right? Because it was kind of like, okay, what? The heck do NFTs have to do with climate? But there's actually a lot of cool things you can do with them. Um, then what else? Cello as a big, you know, infrastructure layer, the first, you know, carbon negative um, blockchain that allows a lot of projects to be built um, on top of it. And uh, within that, um, one of the examples we had from Cello was Ethic Hub, and they do regenerative um, farming for coffee and actually like selling. Uh, you know, um, sustainably grown coffee, so stuff like that. <laughs> and we have some more in the pipeline, so stay tuned. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great list. And yeah, we're familiar with a, a bunch of those projects as well, um, especially shout out to our, our friends at the Regen Network. Um, shout out to Coffee Carbon Collective too. Yeah, cash. anything with coffee, cash is a big <laughs> fan. Oh my gosh, I love coffee too. You can talk later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we interviewed Daria, who's doing uh, some blockchain uh, verification for uh, carbon negative coffee production. So yeah, definitely check that one out. Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I love seeing um, so many cool projects. So um, when it comes to to Bath, uh, how can our listeners get involved to support that? You know, if you're uh, you know a, a project leader or you're building in this space and you maybe want to be a speaker. Um, for them, or you want to support them in their education series, what's the best way to, you know, help them and with their mission? Totally. And yes, please um, 
anyone who's interested, I highly encourage you to get involved because the, you know, as a nonprofit, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, it's, we always look for help and more initiatives to um, get involved in. Uh, the easiest way is to go to their website, fill out the, um, a short form to kind of to join. And that just like a super easy, like 10 second form. And then once you fill out the form, join our discord. And then on the discord, we know we have a bunch of related channels. Like if you want to do events, like go to the events channel. If you want to do partnerships, if you don't do fundraising. And then we have weekly or uh, calls on Discord that are, are open to the community. So anyone is welcome to join at any point. Um, just like show your initiative. If you're passionate about something, you want to help out, definitely hop on on some of these calls and we'll really um, use your help. Follow us on Twitter too, at Buff Network. I'm pretty sure something like that. Let's include the link. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put all, we'll put all those links. Yeah, but, you know, education is near and dear to our heart. And that's, you know, why Cash and I created the Block Explorers. We felt the need to, you know, amplify, you know, a lot of these voices that are doing amazing things in the space. But people, you know, don't really hear about it. They hear about FTX and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so we want to we want to continue to share the, the great work that all these projects are doing like you. So thanks for that. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about refi some more. When it comes to refi, what do you see as some of the challenges when it comes to talking to people that are, are just hearing about it for the first time? And how do you how do you address those under the gaps in understanding? Oh yeah. I mean, there are a lot <laughs> for sure. And I feel like being at the intersection of web three and climate is like a double challenge because you know, like web three is complex in and of itself. And you know, there's a there needs to be a lot of education on that front separately. And then when we talk about climate change, it's also such a complex problem that involves, you know, so many sub-industries, so many actors, right? Like international collaboration. Um, so joining those together um, is definitely a challenge, but an opportunity as well. And I feel like, I mean, the biggest challenge, again, is the, you know, the image I would say challenge, right? And like like you said, stories that make headlines like FTX and earlier, you know, Terra Luna. Uh, what else <laughs> went bankrupt this year? I can't even remember. So those don't help, right? Because people catch up, catch on, on on those big stories and then they assume that everything else is scam too. And that's definitely a huge hit to our ecosystem. And I feel like we're, I mean, we're all feeling it, right? It's like... Uh, the kind of negative sentiment is real and it sucks. Uh, but that's why education is so important to show that, well, you know, the the blowout of FTX is actually about, you know, human greed and centralization, not so much about Web3. So, yeah, that's a big challenge to kind of cut through those negative sentiments, I would say. And then the second challenge is, um, I would say, uh, this sort of like, Getting, and that's what I'm curious personally about myself too, kind of this solutionism um, criticism that I think is actually valid and that Web3 should take more seriously. You know, this idea that, you know, Web3 is a silver bullet for everything. Uh, blockchain is going to just like, we're going to turn on the switch and then blockchain will magically uh, refreeze, you know, our like uh, the... Uh, glaciers and <laughs> it's all gonna be great i mean i'm i'm exaggerating but a lot of people um 
still think in that kind of like solutionism, like tech solutionism, technological determinism kind of mindset, sort of like, all we need is like a new code and that and everything is going to be great. That is not true. It's actually much more complex than that. Like, yes, blockchain is great for some of these, you know, important infrastructural challenges, but we also need a lot of work to be done in the, the political space, right? Because climate change is very much a political problem, not just, a, it's a coordination problem, but also a political problem, right? Uh, and we see that at COP, right? Recently, you know, that just uh, happened in, Egypt, you know, is the political action is still very much behind. So making sure that we are, you know, checking ourselves that it's not, you know, reminding that blockchain is great for specific, you know, um, problems, but it's not a silver bullet. I would say the second challenge and third challenge, a big one too, and it just, you know, the result of the neoliberal capitalist system that that we live in, this, you know, idea of like you greenwashing and just like you know using climate change for profit and um again i i don't see anything bad about you know making money while doing good but when it's actually but if what it's you know uh window dressing like oh yeah i'm just gonna say i'm doing good make a ton of money and then just forget about all my initial principles and mission and just you know move live in i don't know hawaii that's that's not cool, right? And I feel like the questions of greenwashing, you know, they've existed before Web3, right? With, um, you know, early environmental movements and we and they, they didn't go anywhere. So I think we, as ReFi community, should, you know, have this uh, maybe peer pressure mechanism sort of like to make sure that uh, there is real impact on the ground, right? How, how do we, again, like third big challenge, right? Of, stay away from um, greenwashing and using climate as another way to like make a ton of money. Right. And then just like not really do anything for climate um, and, and not have any real impact on the ground. And I guess kind of like fourth challenge that, you know, people ask about. Challenges here. I know. <laughs> no, but it's, I feel like it's, it's, it's a hard, it's great though. Cause there's lots of, lots of problems that need to get solved. So it's a good spot. It's an exciting place to be working. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, totally. I know they're like you asked me about challenges. Like, let me think. Like, I have a big list. <laughs> but it's good to actually, you know, but challenges present opportunities, right? And I guess like the fourth big one would be like, you know, what they call like MRV, right? Measuring reported verification. So, sort of how do you measure that there is an impact on the ground, right? How do you actually um, trend? You know, like there's this, um, you know, so like gap between okay, like the real world, right? Like. Where's there actually a tree planted? And then what's being put on the code, right? On the chain. Like it's not that the chain sort of like right exists in the in the web, whereas the tree actually grows in the soil. But then how how do we make sure that this like this transfer of information between like what's happened on the ground versus uh what was put on the chain is verifiable too, right? So how do we measure, report, and verify um the, the real impacts on the ground? And and it has been a challenge, like, you know, for the whole, you know, the throughout the years. And it's actually cool to see so much innovation happening. So even though these are all the challenges, I think it's cool that I'm seeing a lot of people taking them into account, right? Especially, you know, the lessons learned from previous, like, green efforts and, like, building the green economy. And actually, you know, again, trying to change that, shift it around. And I do um, see a lot of cool stuff happening in 
Web3, having conversations with other people. And and so even though there are a lot of challenges, there are a lot of opportunities too. That's why <laughs> it's it's so cool to be in this space. But again, like we need to be, you know, mindful of all these, you know, obstacles and make sure we don't get carried away because, you know, I do worry personally like that. I mean, that some of the projects are, you know, are there here for the right reasons, right? Is it going to be like another, you know, climate version of FTX in a few years, you know, and, and I hope not, but I think that's why being rooted in the community is so important so that, uh, you know, the members of ReFi can actually, um, you know, see what's been, ha- what, uh, what, what's happening. Also, to be, having a truly community owned and co-created is key, right? Because if when people are involved and the communities that are being affected are being involved themselves, that's how we, pro- um, that's what leads to accountability, right? So, and I'm seeing a lot of that too. So that's cool. Yeah, you hit on a lot of really good points there um, that I that I really like, and uh, I think you have a great perspective too because you you know you've researched this space and you've talked to so many different people and you're you're so deep into the space. I think you can really see you know with a with a bird's eye lens, but also deep deep into the details of what's going on. So I want to actually drill down a little bit more um, about refi. So what is it particularly about Web three blockchain? You know these new set of tools that we have technologically that really allows us to address climate change and social justice? What is it specifically, what are these advantages that it provides that we didn't have before? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Also, tough one, right? <laughs> and um, and there are, um, you know, multiple like sub areas that blockchain can be useful for in, you know, for climate specifically, right? And the first and easiest one, and again, like the one that everyone knows about is the financial aspect, right? It's sort of, and we know that a lot of climate efforts are lacking funding, right? So it, um, kind of leveraging the DeFi infrastructure, right? You know, all these financial tools that allow for more liquidity, faster money transfers, more ways to right, to, to earn, get rewards, being, being incentivized, right? That's kind of the biggest one. I think that's how like the movement started too, right? And and the whole like premise of refi sort of change in incentives, right? Oh, how do we actually make it uh, valuable to um, restore forests, right? Instead of cutting it down and, you know, selling it as like, you know, as a commodity, like wood like for construction, stuff like that, right? So switching those financial incentives because that what works the fastest on people. So um, that's like the one big one, right? And then, and also like besides kind of a personal, um, you know, um, consumer incentives, I would say globally, um, governments can take advantage of, you know, blockchain-based payments, right? Crypt using cryptocurrencies broadly for climate uh, financing, climate projects because there's so uh, there's it it's so opaque, right? The whole like climate fin- financing because it requires a lot of trust between the governments, which wouldn't have right a lot of intermediaries then. You know, imagine if actually all you know UN climate efforts were funded through uh, uh, through crypto, and that everyone could actually open you know the ledger and see, okay, this actually went specifically to like this community, instead, oh, it went to this broker, and this broker sends sends some money there, then and then and then we don't know what happened to the other half. It went to the offshore or whatever, you know. So again, providing more transparent 
financing mechanisms is huge uh, in and of itself. Um, so um, that's kind of the, the one big one. And that the second one is community, right? Sort of like how, like organizing these projects as DAOs, allowing people to co-own and co-create with the community, right, um, is another huge aspect that was not possible without Web3. And that's huge. Um, then, you know, just idea of tokenizing, right? And kind of gamifying things, again, like tokenizing natural resource. How do we maintain biodiversity, right? We, we tokenize a forest, for example, right? And then maybe we create an NFT, right? That represents a certain um, part of this forest that actually becomes, um, you know, uh, this valuable token that people want to have and invest in, but the, and, and then it actually goes to supporting those forests. Another big thing, and it's like, again, it's all kind of related to finance in a way, right? The um, microfinance into local communities, so like farmers, like let's say um, there are a bunch of like small scale farmers who actually want to do something regenerative with their land, but but it's not free, right? And um, in order for them to to do regenerative practices on their soil, they they need to have resources, right? Oh, well, then, you know, and maybe some of these farmers may not even have a bank account, right? So what if like they actually have a wallet, let's say like on Cello, right? And then uh, what if we actually pay like a forward finance is a big one, right? Pay them directly right away so they can, can actually do those regenerative practices. And then later on, because a lot of carbon removal projects, right? To, in order to create carbon credits, you actually need to wait quite, a, quite some time, right? For there to be some carbon removal happening. Um, so that timing is actually tricky because if you don't have, um, funding up front, very few people will be willing to even have like the resources to do it. So leveraging Web3 for that is huge. And then the whole, you know, so, um, whole and that, you know, so this, uh, system actually makes carbon removal practices, right. Uh, creating carbon credits is much more accessible because it's very hard currently on like the legacy um, carbon markets for smaller scale farmers to get involved, for example. And it's very opaque too, right? Like uh, the carbon credit market is just a mess. Um, and there's no, not good tracking. It's fragmented. There's a lot of low quality carbon credits that exist. So transparency, um, easy access to the market um is also what's possible through uh web3 yeah you you nailed it those are all great applications and i I really love all the things you said there um so you know when it comes to refi now going into the future what what are some of the trends you see in the space and what are you excited for that's that's coming around the corner well, as coming from the kind of the traditional nonprofit sector and, you know, having worked in, you know, traditional legacy intergovernmental organizations like the UN and like other nonprofits, what I'm really stoked about and another shout out to this new initiative that the World Economic Forum actually recently announced um, is this collaboration between Web3 Refi and traditional climate actors, uh, which I think is crucial, right? Because we can't just exist in silos. We've we got to compi- combine efforts. So uh, the World Economic Forum actually recently launched this September, I believe, Crypto Sustainability Coalition. So they are bringing together a bunch of, you know, refi 
uh, projects, people in the space to just to understand it better, right? To actually, for all of us to come together and um, understand, yeah, what it means to broader climate efforts. And they have three working groups, one on carbon credits, um, one on energy usage of uh, different chains, and third one on like Web3 climate action that I actually am involved in and I'm super stoked about. And we are doing more, you know, educational work, trying to understand, okay, you know, what are these trends in refi? What uh, needs to be done more to accelerate it? Like, what what are some gaps? You know, how do we measure impact? I, I can share like exactly like what we're working on, but like, stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of cool educational stuff coming out from this um, coalition that I'm really stoked about. Um, but, um, I highly recommend for everyone interested to check out World Climate Forum's Crypto Sustainability Coalition, and it's kind of um, uh, hosted on top of their. Uh, crypto impact and system accelerator and so kind of going off of that what i'm excited personally just because that's what i'm interested in is this you know broader collaboration between you know legacy institutions and web3 uh organizations um and and more interdisciplinary collaboration as well bringing you know people that are not crypto native as we call them right and actually because i'm not myself a crypto native person you know i'm still learning so i i really love seeing more and more adoption i would say right in the broader you know um society i would say that's what i'm excited about and um another exciting thing is just like i think the space growing and people getting more involved i like remember when i heard about refi for the first time and there was almost like not nothing written about it only a few people understood what it meant and here we are in what almost december still still november of 2022 and there are these you know green blockchain blockchain summits happening they oh um another cool thing that just happened at cop right ethereum um launched their gosh what it was called um the um if uh, ethereum climate platform that's what i'm uh, <laughs> looking for right that a bunch of organizations partnered to actually uh, join efforts to offset the carbon that ha- uh, was emitted before uh ethereum switched to proof of stake so seeing cool announcement like this one and now it's like literally at the biggest climate conference right we're seeing like these big web3 players uh like consensus right um getting involved in cello climate collective and you know participating in these big you know international forums that's what that's what um keeps me enthusiastic and that's what i'm really excited about just i'm very curious where this is going to take us where it's going to grow and i really truly hope that um, all of these efforts are gonna make a meaningful change yeah and I, and I love that there it, there's like a dichotomy of of the global you know world economic forum really excited to hear about the crypto sustainability coalition so we'll have to have you on again to talk more about that and then all the way down down to the local uh we're really excited to be um you know co-hosting a collaborative refi community meetup in Santa Barbara uh tomorrow actually with you and blockchain acceleration foundation so you know just being able to have a local uh, refi focused community meetup is really exciting too yeah, you got yeah. to think global and act local, right? Totally, totally. There is this term we use at our, um, at our global study circles called global. 
It's, you know, like local effort that actually have global impact or adopting global trends on a local level. So going local. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so and one thing you also, I really like that you, that you mentioned is, you know, you're, you said that you're not crypto native, but you know, to a lot of other people looking from the outside in, you seem crypto native, right? Because you're able to fire through a lot of these concepts and these ideas and, and, and speak at it, you know, from different angles. So I think it's so important, you know, for people that, you know, don't think they know that much, you know, you probably know a lot more than, you know, someone else and you, you can turn around and grab them and, you know, take them on this journey and, you know, help them a little bit along their way and take them, you know, down the green pill journey and get them green pilled and refied out. So, you know, I really, I really think that's, that's part of the work, right. Is, is to go deeper yourself, but then also to turn around and say, okay, who else isn't here yet? And who else do we really need here at the table? And like you mentioned, you know, beyond the, you know, the, the engineers and the devs are, are great and the, the, the founders and investors are great, but we also need to bring in these other aspects of society if we really want to see the, the kind of changes that we want to see with this technology. Totally. Um, totally. And that's a good point. And I feel like it, it's, it's good to like self-check and remind myself, okay, it's all relative, right? Yeah. Like I am like, I'm not a crypto native relative to like a, you know, solidity developer who wrote a bunch of like protocols right but i'm definitely more creative crypto native than my mom who like still <laughs> doesn't fully get what bitcoin is right so yeah that's true and i feel like um another thing that i like to remind myself maybe some listeners can relate to that as well i feel like the more i learn the less i know feeling and that's like it can be a little bit discouraging but it's not it's it's actually not true like actually yes we do learn a lot it just it is just such a fast-paced evolving space so it, it's a constant learning um um areas, like you know culture industry so yeah and that's what's kind of like keeps us on our toes <laughs> a little bit but yeah um totally like education is huge and even like small educational um initiatives help and oh and the last thing i was going to say um like you what to your point calling out like bringing people from other areas, right? And other sectors, especially like, like fully non-crypto native people who like don't know um, about like Web3 at all. I think it's so useful because I remember giving a talk uh, here actually locally locally to like a bunch of like, kind of like parents and like um, other like more like, professionals from other industries about kind of intro to blockchain. And the questions I got from them were like the most like useful ones I've had like ever because I feel like it's so important to actually teach it to people who don't even, like up to like, outsiders, I guess, like broadly, because they actually ask the hardest questions, right? Because you sort of like, when you're in this like ecosystem, you sort of like assume, oh yeah, yeah, this is clear. Like that's clear. But then when someone uh, from like the out- outside of the industry comes and asks you questions, that's when it gets challenging. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. I really like that point. It's, uh, the Zen master Shunru Suzuki said in the, beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are only a few. And so to have that beginner's mind um, to come at this, the, these, these problems in this space with that beginner's mind is, is super valuable. And speaking to people that may not be as uh, deep in this space can, can kind of shock you out of, out of uh, your expert's mind, kind of closed off kind of assumptions, right? And, and make you question things that you didn't question or come up with an explanation or way of explaining something 
that you didn't think, you know, you never thought of before, or you never explained it that well before. You know, that's sometimes the things that, that I learn when I talk to people like that. So that's awesome. Um, so we're going to wrap up here. Is there anything else that you want to share before we start to wrap things up? Oh, I mean, I love the point that you brought up. So yeah, definitely encourage everyone to keep this beginner mindset and never stop learning. And I mean, I guess I will just like uh, end with, you know, call to action. You know, if you are, you know, you're not a tech person, you feel like this is not a space for you, don't get discouraged. Like start learning and you will actually eventually find your crew and will, you know, learn that Web3 is actually such an interdisciplinary space and there's so many cool minds. And yeah, so the finding this community is everything. So I really encourage everyone to, Get involved. You know, if you're passionate about something, definitely reach out. Uh, we need more people who care. And together we can actually do cool stuff and hopefully change the world. Now it sounds again kind of naive, but I I really believe in that. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in that too. And I, uh, you know, I, I I love your energy. You you think really big and you have big ideas, but you 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 back it up with with a lot of knowledge and a lot of know-how and and you understand what how to apply these tools so it's pretty awesome and um it's been inspiring chatting with you and i can't wait to hang out with you tomorrow in santa barbara at gmsb which is the block explorer collaboration with a bunch of other organizations like the baf and maya that we're going to host these web3 meetups in santa barbara They're the first thursdays of every month at soul bites restaurant which is at 423 state street it's in lower state street if you're local we'd love to see you there and if you're not local well, we're going to start streaming it live streaming it soon not this one but we need to we'll get that going in the next year so uh lots of opportunities to get involved with that as we build community um yeah it's been a pleasure maya anything else you want to add cash no just just really inspired to yeah uh glocal get glocal folks <laughs> Thanks, Maya. Great talking. Thank you both. Super stoked about the event tomorrow. Thanks, Maya. We'll see you soon. Yeah. Ciao. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a rating and a review. We'd like to give a big thank you to our friend Matthew Patrick Donner, who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including our music, mixing, and editing. Thank you for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Crypto is changing the world. We're here to ensure that you're ready. Please subscribe to our podcast and do take Maya's challenge and go explain refi to someone who doesn't know anything about crypto. Yeah, continue to spread the word of blockchain and we'll look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>